Sleep Pixels. Lost tangents and lost lives, lost sprites and lost nights. Everything's been played and played out, but here, the skybox is the limit. To follow is a parallax scrolling, derez rant that's mostly about video games. Mostly. I'm Matt. And I'm Tony. And in this episode, we have the year 2002 for our mid-school memories, updates on what's been playing, and a loose chat in our new segment. So let's get started. In Persona 5, as you progress through the story and steal the hearts of those twisted adults, more of Mementos opens up. Mementos is the game's continuous dungeon. It is where you go to fulfill the requests of the masses and change the hearts of those without their own palaces, as well as being the place to level up and to track down any Personas you might have missed. But stay too long on a certain floor and you run the risk of running into the Reaper, an impossibly tough spawn that even at high levels is a challenge. It has plenty of attacks to keep you on your toes, a massive defense stat, and it can attack multiple times per turn, so you best be well prepared if you intend to take it on. But the Reaper has an exploit not expected for what is basically this game's personification of death. As the game takes place throughout a school year, the weather changes with the seasons, and this in turn changes mementos. If there's a heat wave on, the shadows within have a chance of being inflicted with the burn status. If it's pollen season, they might start the battle already asleep. But it's flu season that's the real killer. During this season, there is a chance you'll start a battle with shadows inflicted with despair a status effect that has the shadow unable to attack for three turns before finally succumbing and dying of depression. The Reaper is no different and can fall victim to this ailment. Just pick a floor of mementos, wait two minutes without moving, you'll hear the sound of its rustling chains, and after a while, it will find you. Get into battle, pray it has the despair effect on. If it doesn't, you can escape the battle, then try again. Once you start a battle and see that despair is active, well, you can now do whatever you want, as in three turns, without doing anything, the hardest enemy in the game, bar bosses, will die on its own, netting you a heap of experience and a pretty good accessory. Now I do have to say, this cheat only works with the original version of the game. It's been patched out of the Royal Edition. It bleeds pixels. Alright, so let's get into what's been playing. I am playing Shenmue still and I'm playing and I'm playing Animal Crossing still (laughs) so there hasn't been any massive updates in what I've been playing I've had some progress in Animal Crossing I got the mole mole cricket Um, I I, I saw that on Instagram I gave it a a nice little red heart for you oh thank you I feel good that you hearted (laughs) hearted my picture or or our picture I should say oh yeah because it's it was on the it bleeds pixels one was it yeah because that's it's our baby our baby, our baby, our boy. baby, our baby boy is doing well. And <laughs> yeah, so I got the mole cricket and it was quite cool because I was all like, oh, this is going to be real hard to get. And it was one of those, oh, I hear something random. I had randomly cleared out an area prior mm-hmm. for something else. And I hadn't like put the concrete down and made it what it's supposed to be. And sort of like my island's a little bit ratty at the moment. There's like bits and pieces because I've been trying to manipulate the game to get certain things yeah like there was like flowers i was trying to get because you can obviously cross breed flowers and get rare flower breeds and stuff but yeah so anyway and i just so happened to walk past this part and i was like that is blatantly a cricket unless it's on my fruit trees which is just to the left but i grabbed my shovel out started digging it popped out i was like oh shit grab my i actually got hyped which is yeah. funny because it's animal crossing which well, is such they- a chill game it's good that you're yeah. able to stay, you know, calm under pressure. I probably oh, throw thank you. Controller around or yeah, I didn't just go yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I um yeah grabbed the net out and grabbed it. It was real easy and it was it was just cool. This is one of those real like um because now I'm trying to. It seems to be like when that happens when you're not trying, it's like oh yeah. that's real cool. But now I'm like yeah, I'm having to try for a couple of um. There's like a beetle and a f- that I've just missed. Um, and there's a flea which is random. I wish I had known that there was a flea at the start of the game because that is on your villagers. Randomly, they, they'll, they'll even, when you chat to them, they'll say they're itchy and you, uh, can actually, yep. you can actually see the flea jumping on them. So I was trying to time skip as of late. I do like about whatever, 20 minutes or something or half an hour a night or probably an hour sometimes. Mm-hmm. And all I'm trying to do is get this damn flea. And I'm just like, I can't get it seem to get it. Like I'm running around to all the villages and that's all I'm trying to do and it's just not happening. So that's a little bit frustrating, but do you need them to be dirty or something like that? It just happens random, like in the summer periods. It's sure. sort of like the summer season. You've it just it just randomly will spawn on one of them. And for one thing, it's hard to know where all your villages are quickly sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're like in their house because you can go into their house and get like a, you know, 
uh, uh, what do you call it, like a recipe of them to, to, to build something. But yeah, it's just a little bit annoying. So that's not even the word for it, recipe. Do you remember the word for it? I'm real tired. I'm going to just assume <laughs> pl plan, maybe? Uh, yeah, it's like a... Blueprint? A, yeah, you said, you, said, you said building something, right? So maybe a blueprint? Yeah, so you can craft an item. Gotcha. They give you basically the blueprint. Yeah, I think there's a bit of terminology for that. I'm pretty tired. I just, yeah, but anyway, it's all good. We're, we're all still good. sticking to this. Yeah, and there, there was an update in the game, which I just randomly wanted to say. There's fireworks on Sundays, and I saw this thing where a guy did like a dick and balls, like in the sky, and that came down. <laughs> Um, and um, they're quite cool looking because they were like, they're like the villagers' faces in the air. It's just kind of rad. Yeah, and there's a there's a new um, Luna comes now when you can, you get a bed from her and you can sleep and then it like saves your island. I'm a little bit, I haven't looked into it too much, but it seems kind of weird because you can't sort of like, like you can have two saves on your island, but if you you need the code in order to go to someone else's island store, which is real dumb. It would be cool if it was like when you went to sleep in this bed and you went to like this dreamland with Luna, it would be cool if it just spawned you into a random island and you could just fill up your inventory and then come out of it. But it, I don't under, really understand it. Somebody needs to, I need to watch a video on it. Or somebody needs to explain it to me better because you can't bring all your like inventory items back. You're just kind of like visiting an island to see like the design of someone else's island, which R is uh, rather than get anything. Yeah, which is kind of cool because it's nice seeing people's islands. But I don't know, it's kind of weird from what I understand anyway. You can't bring stuff back and it sucks because you have to have their code. Mm. So it'd be nice if it could just be random islands and. Um, if you could open that up and say, yes, I accept that. And so that, yeah. you know, and then they could just like fish or go to your shop and that. So they don't mess your island up or steal stuff, but they can get like fruit and fish and all that sort of stuff. This probably sounds ridiculously boring, but um, yeah. <laughs> sounds, but, sounds good. And I know you you love it. So that's good to hear. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I, I love it. It's cool. It's, um, again, it's just such a chill game. And it's just, I mean, I paid a hundred bucks for it. So I kind of want to get my money's worth. <laughs> oh, yeah. How long have you been playing it for now? Uh, I have to check my out. Was I was lockdown. Yeah, so lockdown, I banged it out. I was playing like all day and stuff. So I probably have 400 and something hours in it, something like Damn. that. Yeah, so I think that's about, there's like an island backup now too, which is also confusing because it'll save to your Switch. And I think the only way, because the whole thing with the game and people complain about it is like, what if I break my Switch or whatever? How am I going to be able to, get my island saved back yeah like it's weird it's kind of like you have to if you break your switch you have to send it to nintendo and they have to like officially fix it in order for you to get your save back or something it's real weird oh, true i don't really understand because you can't buy a new switch and then load your island again so yeah like it's not linked to your account or anything like that it's yeah you know how the machine nintendo always have these like weird little things about stuff like they like yep. you can't steal and download our stuff and they're real protective of, but yeah, it's kind of weird. It doesn't really make sense, but yeah, I don't know why there's an Island backup when it, when it doesn't, you know, but I think, I think with the Luna thing, going back to that, it's cool because someone was saying, if you wanted to, it's a way of having two islands in a sense, like you could make your Island real cool on like a stormy night, say like my Halloween Island, I could have it on like a, you know, like a stormy rainy night or something and like make it real rad. And then like, you can save oh, it that way and then you can start rebuilding your island. And So technically you can kind of have two islands. <laughs> like there's one that they come visit in a dream and one that you've sort of got prim and proper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, back to Shenmue, I'll, I'll um, time jump back to Shenmue. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just back basically, yeah, <laughs> back to the future. I went to, <laughs> I'm just up to the bit in the second disc from what I understand where I need a ticket to travel to, I think it's China. I think it sort of makes you think you're going to get on a plane, but I'm pretty sure you get on a boat in the end. But you are, yeah, you're basically being a forklift driver and you've got this mundane task of finding lot eight, which I did. And then you've got to like move these crates from one place to another in a forklift. It's such a literal, like it's this real life grind that you have yes. to do. And it's like, shit. But apparently <laughs> again, it's part of the, part of the charm to the game that you have to like, Earn, save your money like work earn the money save it so then you can then get a ticket yeah so that's the part of the game that i'm up to 
and I've been thinking a bit about it, and I think I'm going to stop at Shenmue 1, and then I'm going to start playing something else. Give it a break. Know, yeah, and it's also because, as I know, there's no ending to it, so it's kind of... Like, yeah, yeah. I want to like do all this grinding, and I know, I understand, because I do know a bit about Shenmue 3 now, and I, I understand that that's why he should have... I understand why this guy didn't finish the game, because his vision was to have it a different way. But yep. he kind of should have taken that chance and and put a put some sort of ending to it because, yeah. But he but he hasn't, so it is what it is. And I'll just enjoy Shenmue one, and and then um I might just watch a quick playthrough on YouTube of the second one, which sounds kind nice. of nice. And then play just play something else, so I can I can just start start on something else, especially after all this forklift driving. And yes. yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing. What have you been playing, Matt? Uh well, I'll get to what I'm playing, but I just wanted to say because I have not actually played Shenmue myself, but I'm familiar, very familiar with watching videos online of the forklift section. And randomly the other day, I was in the Moore Wilson's car park, which is a supermarket in New Zealand. Uh, and I saw a guy in a forklift just moving, not full crates, like just little pallets. And yeah. I was just watching him just thinking, this guy would suck in Shenmue. <laughs> <laughs> he was literally like picking two up, trying to put them on another two, smashing them, not collecting it, knocking it on other things reversing back grabbing another two he literally i was like does this guy have like i don't know half an hour to kill before his shift ends because i did not quite figure out what he was doing but you know it'd be awesome if you just like actually walked up to him and said that like hey you would suck in shenmue (laughs) (laughs) he'll be like what (laughs) i would what get out of here kid and then he's like, actually, I am yeah. <laughs> very particular in that game, but this yeah. is real life. And I... <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not having fun doing this. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat and am still playing Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise, which, as we established, was basically Shenmue as well, but on steroids, because everyone is, is jacked monsters. And with that, I'm just, I've already run through the storyline, uh, and I'm just sort of uh, trophy hunting. So there's one trophy that I'm sort of in the midst of chasing, which is as you fight people and you kill them because uh, you explode people's head through pressure points, if you do certain combos on them, like, you know, three high kicks, one takedown move, they let out what is known as a death cry. And it's like this little weird animation where this like thing will just come splurging out and you can even pick that up and use it as a weapon against them. It's wacky as shit. Wow, that yeah. sounds real interesting. Certain enemies in certain places of the game do different death cries, and you sort of got to uh, try and do the combos on all these characters to unlock the death cries. And I'm just going through sort of, I guess, what you would consider the end level area where some of the uh, guys you're fighting are even trickier than some of the bosses, uh, and you're having to fight like 30 of them. And it's hard because you're just getting, you know, you're going to do the three punch, two kick combo. So you're like, got the three punches in. If you're trying to hit the second one where just some dickhead will punch you in the back and you have to start it all over again, slowly whittling down your health. So sometimes it is just a matter of killing everybody normally, trying to keep what enemy you're trying to get the death cry of alive just to finally do that combo at the end. But yeah, mundane trophy hunting is what I'm doing. So, and sorry, is, is it like a finisher kind of thing? Kind of, yes. Yeah, it has to be the combo you do when they're going to die, pretty much. No, so that's so, even the tricky thing. Sometimes you could actually do the combo on them and actually land it and be like, holy shit, I've never landed that combo before. But then you're like, but he's still got, you know, especially with these um, high-end guys at the, at the end of the game, that's barely making a dent in their health. So you're like, fuck! It, it's, it's chipping away. That's part of the fun. Yes, exactly. It, uh, that's kind of what I love about trophies, these little mundane extra tasks that the game sets you that you're like, you know, I didn't really think about that, but here you go. I'm now going to spend hours just trying to just trying to get it. Get way more bang for your buck. Exactly. But that's what nice. I've been playing. That's nice. I like that. We now leave our scheduled programming for our roving reporter who's on the streets. Kids on the street. Kids on the beat. Beat kids. Beat kids. Apocalypse Now, or rather... (coughs) Start that one again. (coughs) Apocalypse Now, or rather Armageddon Now. It is your roving reporter, Matt, who's going to try something different this episode, as he is waiting to get into Armageddon, the comic book geek expo in Wellington, 2020. Uh, We will have a walk around, we'll look at some toys, we'll avoid all the 
sad celebrities trying to get signatures, though that probably isn't happening this year due to a certain global pandemic. Uh, I think I've heard that they're doing like video conference calls, and I don't pay for that shit anyway, because, you know, it has to be someone amazing. Uh, but it is emanating this year from the Cake Tin, the old, uh, well, I used to call it the Westpac Trust Stadium, but I think it's the Sky Stadium now, uh, by the train station. Uh, and we, I've gone to this uh, many times over the years. I remember when it used to be at the Michael Fowler Center, uh, but now we are going to go walk a very cold concourse. Uh, I will talk about what I see. Uh, if I buy anything, maybe try and even talk to some people. Uh, let's see how this goes. Then volume probably will be atrocious because I'm going to be rubbing shoulders and probably contracting a deadly disease. Through the gates, let's go catch Corona. Right in through the gates, shoulder to shoulder with everyone. Uh, Tony would be happy, there's a lot of pop vinyls, but still in the, you know, haven't done the first loop yet. We are basically just keeping our eyes on things. Lots of weapons. So I guess that's what the kids are into these days. Violence. Good to know. That's one lap complete. Uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of costumes, which is cool. A few Deadpools. So the 501st Legion. Uh, obviously a lot that I don't get. Saw multiple Doctor Whos. Uh, first impressions is that I'm actually completely heartbroken because I cannot find the wrestling. Uh, fingers crossed, maybe it's in some little stall somewhere, but looking like no luck. A lot of cool shit. Looks like uh, conferences, they're talking to a voice actor. Still didn't find the wrestling. Uh, lots of pop finals. Outside, smoking, but here with friends of the podcast, Phoebe and Harry, who have, we're outside quickly. That's a... Hello. Oh, hi. Yeah, I don't know how close... I'm like, again, as, you, yeah. as these two already know, I'm an old man, so I'm literally putting this right to my voice. All the levels are probably peaking, and they're just like, just just, just hold it oh, away from me. Fix, fix it in post, fix it in post. I do, I'll, just, I'll, dro I'll drop the levels. But we've done a few rounds of the concourse. Yeah. How yeah. have we found it all? Yeah, oh, cool. actually really surprisingly good. Yeah, I got to play um, Trigger Witch, which is the one of the things that I really wanted to see because yeah. um, a local company is making that, and it's cool, and yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. What's the local company? Oh, God, it's like Rain Bright, I think, or something like that. Don't quote me. <laughs> <laughs> just did. <laughs> I do that all the time. Don't quote me, even though I just said it out loud. Yeah. But no, it's all good. No, they're in a New Zealand game developer um, mm. booth. It's smaller this year, but it's cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, you can point yeah. that. Because I, I did find uh, a few too many times, you'd do the rounds, you'd see the tables, but they're just covered in people that I was like, yeah. I don't even know what they're selling. I yeah. know, yeah. But yeah, I did see, I um, mean, you know, trying to get my finger on the pulse for what kids like. Uh, seems to be weapons. Yeah. So many weapons. The guns I was a new that one. That was like a thing. I, I remember that. The swords aren't really a new thing, but the guns. Oh, the yeah. cosplay. I mean, was tempted by getting a Keyblade. Only $30. Nice, I saw nice. a plushy one. Oh, hell uh, but, and you know, again, we're going to do another round. We'll yeah, see yeah, how yeah, that goes. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and again, as I was sort of saying off camera, off, off, off mic, I should say. So that'll get fixed in post. Um, <laughs> Uh, don't take in a photo because there is a lot of cosplay here. There is yeah, especially. A nice amount. I do feel a bit creepy and pervy just being like, hey, can I stop you just for. <laughs> can, you I know, can I get a photo? I feel like that's that's for the collection? Like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. You guys ever done cosplay before? Ooh, a little bit. I've done like some casual ones and then one that I actually tried on, um, but not to a Armageddon event. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. Yes, because I mean, I've been to your guys' parties with some cool <laughs> costumes there. Yeah. And yeah, I've been to this on and off for years. I remember when you used to be in the Michael Fowler Center. Yeah. Uh, and nice. that was the highlight there was, and I still got it, collect, uh, still got it somewhere, is because everything was free then. Mm. So you'd walk in. I know it's nice here because I mean, we can actually look in the window right now. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. sort of uh, everyone's having to do video conference calls because of Corona. Yeah. But like, they're not charging. Like, you're not having to go into a secreted off place yeah. you know behind behind the dark curtain I think it's really good but yeah, everything was like... free at the Michael Fowler one and oh, I got okay. a signed Goku card by Sean Schimmel who is the voice of Goku oh, in the English nice. and that was all just like you know yeah. he was nice yeah he was yeah. nice now it's like you know obviously no celebrities here because of travel yeah. yeah I guess so but you're Are not having to pay celebrities on the on the zoom calls no I think oh I saw the guy from uh, Star Trek um, yeah. yeah, and I think there was a um, Doctor Who uh, panel happening at some point. 
Ah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. And someone called Winona Earp, which uh. I get why it Earp, but it was, <laughs> you know, must be some... I'm going to assume it's a CW show, because yeah. that's what they do. They take uh, known characters, right, and then just turn them young and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but anyway, might talk to you guys again once we do another loop. Sweet, yeah, good. Thank you all. I'm here with basically what a, you know, finger on the pulse, the youth of today. What a, who are into games, who are into comic books. What is your name, young man? How, Noah. Noah. And how have you found Armageddon? It was good. It, it was good. Yeah. Uh, what, what was your favourite part? Um, seeing all the cool people wearing costumes. Favourite costume? Oh, it'd have to be Master Chief being a flood. That'd... Very cool. And what is your name, young man? Archie. Archie. And what was your favourite part of all this? Probably seeing Master Chief. Same as young Noah here. Cool. And you guys uh, spent some money, I can see, in your hands. Yeah. What did you get for yourself? I got some licorice and a lollipop. And yourself? Um, I got a piccolo figurine and some licorice. Piccolo still cool? Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Okay. What do you say? You've got to talk, though. Yeah. You've got to use the big Because you've been, you've just come from Armageddon, too. What's your name? Felix. Felix. And did you enjoy Armageddon? Yes. What was your favourite part? That was a shrug. Do you like the costumes? That was, that was a nod and a, and a yes, quietly. What about the uh, Pac-Man lollipop you have in your hands? Yes. So you had fun? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for that interview, young man. Well, that's it. Armageddon is over. Uh, the world didn't completely end, but, you know, my day did. Uh, recording this now back in the solitude of my cave, after the madness that was rubbing shoulders with quite a few people. Uh, in this post-apocalyptic era that we do live in. You know, you've got to be wary of these things. Uh, it was fun, though. Uh, mainly, you're paying for the privilege of just shopping at stalls, but nonetheless, I still did so. Picked myself up a Buffy the Vampire Slayer t-shirt and a Sopranos-themed patch. Uh, got to see the sights, lots of loud noises, uh, toys aplenty, weapons akimbo. Uh, and, yeah, it was it was fun for what it was. It, it's been an age since I've been to one, so would do again you know might have to travel for the next few i know they often have them in christchurch and auckland too uh so we'll see how that goes maybe we can get tony along for one too signing out wow that sucked <laughs> i thought it was very insightful and i especially like the interviews matt Ah, oh, well he's still fired but on, <laughs> on that subject nonetheless armageddon tony yeah what are your memories of it Okay, my memory is that I've never been. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't too sure if you'd been or not. So yeah, it's been going for years now, and it's definitely changed what it is. Um, I remember going to the first one when it used to be in the Michael Fowler Center. Everything was free then. It was nice and warm. You got, you know, it just felt a lot more. I think even just then, like, sort of what nerd culture is now was not as big as what it is now. So it almost felt like kind of, you were in a secret club going to those really early ones. Then they the, moved the, the so the so the pop vinyls ruined it for everyone. Oh yes, they were the beginning <laughs> of the end. They're the real Armageddon. They're the apocalypse. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and, and saying that, there was lots of pop vinyls at um this one. It was actually well. That's what I, of... that's that's my point. That's what I mean. <laughs> oh yeah. No yeah. no no. They were ruined before that. Well before that. <laughs> well before that and i even think you know you would have dug it it was it's what i love about the armageddon as well because you are just sort of um you're paying for the experience to go spend more money because it's majority stalls and with corona they've sort of they because you do have like the guest speakers and some you know new zealand doesn't get anybody amazing like like a comic-con so i mean i should even sort of rant through that armageddon for new zealand is our comic-con it doesn't have any sort of movie previews or cast members, but, you, you know, you'll get guests. But, you know, they're selling comic books. They used to sell video games, but uh, didn't see many of those. Still DVDs. In fact, that was even a funny one where I sort of saw on a table, like, some rare movies. And I was like, man, that's awesome. But then my brain has to go, but 
DVDs are kind of like VHS now, right? Yeah, so I think you could get caught up in the moment and go, oh, Blu-rays and DVDs or mm. something. But And actually, if I saw VHS, I'd be like, rad. Like, that's actually <laughs> something I'd be more, <laughs> more inclined to buy that, for sure. But in saying that, I like to get them, like, because I brought, this is off the subject of what we're talking about. But anyway, with VHS tapes, I started a collection, and but I was like real niche about it. Like I collected, mm-hmm. I had like Stand by Me and like Flight of the Navigator and like ET, and um, right. I got like I got like Star uh, Star Wars. Like I got the trilogy, and so the um, classic sort of kid movies we grew up with as as we were. Yeah, kids. yeah, but like I got them off. Tra- I got some of them off Trade Me for like two dollars, and I got nice. so I got like the Star Wars trilogy for two dollars, and it's like one that hasn't been totally fucked with yet. It's like obviously not original, no way it's that, but it's oh, but like, like not not the special editions is what you're saying. Yeah, it doesn't have all that shit in it, so it was like real sick. I oh, actually what it does have in it is that I, that I wanted to mention was a advertisement for Super Nintendo, like Empire Strikes Back, like oh, so right. and. Yeah, so it was so mint that, yeah, like you crack it open and there was like a send away for like a t-shirt and shit. And then it was like some Star Wars merch randomly. And then like a, yeah, super on Super Nintendo now. And it's like the, the games. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man, like that to me was like one of the awesomest things I've found because I was like stoked on the item. But then it had a little Easter egg inside of it, like a, oh, and it was like video gaming. It was so sick. Nice. Um, I love getting little things like that. Yeah, it was a nice surprise. But going back to what we're talking about, I've never been to Armageddon. I don't know why. I guess what happens is I'm busy doing other things or whatever. And it just kind of like, so what happened this time? I was like, oh, I should probably go to Armageddon with you. As I say. And then it's like, it's this weekend. And like, I don't live where Matt lives. So it's like, I could have drove down, but I've got other things going on at the moment. And it's yeah. like, Fuck. Well, even, even like, my brain I missed it, and I feel like this has happened before. Like I'm kind of like, oh, Armageddon is this weekend, and I know way too late, and I haven't planned it, so I haven't saved any money, and I haven't like prepped myself for no. it. I haven't organized someone to go with, and I'm like, I'm not going to go there by myself. It's getting to the point now where obviously I can take my kids. my boy, my boy, yeah, take the kids. Yeah, obviously, as I was saying, I'd like to go with you, but it's just we need to organize that. It just that's so I think that's why I've just never been. It just for some reason with me, it just hasn't been on my news feed, or it has. Mm. But when it, when it does, I'm like, oh, it's too late. Like, yeah, um, no, I didn't even actually. Click so I also feel like it won't. Uh, this is like being negative, but I feel like it won't be as good as like America or something like that. Oh, Comic Con, it, it won't even come close. <laughs> yeah, again, you well and. There is different ones to go to, so maybe the next one, if we time it right, because again, I didn't even realize it was sort of happening until all of a sudden it was upon me. I kept thinking, like, it was in a few months' time, and for some, well, because they have the Wellington one, they have a Christchurch one and an Auckland one, I didn't realize Wellington was next on the list, so I thought I was going to be saving a bit of time, and I was going to come up and find you, and we could maybe go to the Auckland one, but lo and behold, I was sort of like, ah. I should look at the fine print on that poster. Oh, it's in a few days' time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Tony, you still want to come? Yeah, and I saw the one that was in Tarong, and I was like, well, I could have gone to that. It would have been actually perfect, but it's just like, yeah, it just didn't work out. And I kind of feel like maybe I want to go to the Auckland one because – I don't know, that might be a bit bigger or something. Um, not to yeah, shit on I, the Wellington because I don't even know. I don't even know. So yeah, tell me tell me a bit about it. The one th- oh, the one thing I will say is that I would like so if I went there, I would be hoping that there'd be some sort of mid school ish retro y feeling store with old toys and video games and that's I mean, this is what this podcast is all about in a way. Mm-hmm. Although we talk we talk about new school games. In a way, Personally, I don't really care too much about. I don't not even playing games there because I know you can play demos and experience stuff, and you can get signings and stuff. But yep. I would probably be more inclined to be like, "Oh, cool! Pick up a couple of pop vinyls, look at a store, buy a couple of retro toys, and some video games." Maybe that's the way in my head I think it would be. But yep. I probably know it's not really like that. You're close. Uh, yeah. There definitely is, as I said, lots of pop vinyls for you, so you'd be happy there. Oh, that's great. Um, there is the odd stall that I, I remember ones in the past that had a few more retro things. Like I picked up a, I use it as my little um sort of pen holder on my desk, but it's the alien egg with the little face hugger coming out of it. Nice. Um, And that was sort of retro-y, but usually it's more uh, on-trend figurines of anime that I don't even know, you know, apart from the ones that you do know, like heaps of Dragon Ball characters, heaps of people from One Piece and Naruto and all that. 
Right. Uh, but your, your sort of nostalgia buzz there would be they do have like sort of, as you said, demos. Uh, and one thing I will say, which was quite cool, was that there was like a New Zealand game company there called Rainbite, and they were showing off their game Trigger Witch, which was like a twin stick shooter. So you're like a, a witch, but you've just found guns, and they're kind of like the new magic. That was just cool to see New Zealand game developers, and it's on the Switch. Oh, wow. Cool. So coming out soon. So that might be something, you know, you might be able to get your hands on before I do. Um, and that's cool. It's New Zealand made. Yeah, that's rad. It's also, it seems to also be an event, sorry to cut in, but it's also event, an event that I see that people go literally just to hang out, see everyone and to dress up and cosplay yes. and shit like that. So there's like that element to it. The fact that you're just like celebrating the culture. Mm. Yeah. And that is cool. You start sort of getting, and yeah, every, you know, 10 meters, you suddenly will see a costume and it is that kind of like, Oh, I know what that is. You know, that pops here. And then other times you're like, I've got no idea. And I should stop staring because it's making me look like a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still looking. Look away, man. Look away. I have a real bad habit of that. I'll be yeah. real, real bad just staring <laughs> out because I've never been to one before as well. So I'll just yep. be like, what <laughs> quick let's, yeah. ditch, let's go, ditch the kids and go say hello <laughs> uh, one thing that i was actually most gutted about though uh was the fact that and uh, it got pointed out to me because it's over two days the saturday and the sunday i only went on the sunday so there's a possibility it was on the saturday but they have pro wrestling that is actually something i'll be super down to check out i've only seen wrestling once and it's I was, obviously not I was... any of the superstars but I was like heavily drunk when I went to go when I went <laughs> to go see it. So I was like, you know what that's like when you go to like the movies drunk and that it's like yeah. not that great. Well, there's and, always the chance you could get more invested in it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like real into it and that. But yeah, I mean, I remember there were like um some women wrestling and stuff. It's pretty cool seeing I recall like they hype the crowd up and they'll run out to the crowd and they're like screaming yep. at you and shit. I'm real like, whoa, that's real like yeah, that was actually really cool, you know, like fully in character. I was really like impressed by that. Like for yeah. a new they're, they're wanting you to boo, they're wanting you to cheer. You know, there's yep. a, there was a chance a few years ago that if you saw Kiwi wrestling, there was a chance you were getting one of the bushwhackers turning up because I think he he runs a, a league up in well, Federation in Wanganui, I think it is. But that's kind of a sad affair because he can barely walk nowadays. And it's like, ugh, you know, the the dark side of, of, of wrestling, the dark side of the ring. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a vice thing, eh? I saw a couple of things about that. Yes, um, I could probably go off on a tangent on, about that, but another time yeah. there, maybe. Any, anyway, okay, well, we'll talk about that next time. Definitely. Uh, but the big kicker was, is, as I said, you sort of, you, you know, you're paying for the opportunity to spend more money. Uh, and there's always sort of like the hot ticket item. And I remember a few years ago, this is why I actually hadn't been back to Armageddon for a while, because there was stall after stall after stall after stall just selling the same fidget spinners. <laughs> they were like Naruto-themed fidget spinners. So I was even like, you'd be, um, uh, you know, it'd be an interesting parent that would buy that for their kid, because there was a fidget spinner that they put blades on the end of it to look like a shuriken. And I was like, well, that's going to take a few eyes out. <laughs> But the hot ticket item, this one, and it was like the first thing I saw was because they always sort of sell like the like mock swords, you know, like sometimes you can obviously spend way too much money on a replica of Gandalf's sword from Lord of the Rings. But, you know, 30 bucks might net you a, a plush sort of one you can just sort of hit someone over the head with and it won't hurt that much. So swords have always been a sort of a, a gimme for a while. You know, you can get the energy sword from Halo, although that's always kind of sad looking if you're getting like the $30 knockoff. But just guns. They all look like the guns from Fallout or from what's the weird skins on those Call of Duty? Isn't that what yep. people go crazy over? So yeah, yep. you're buying these like a hundred dollar guns with like weird, crazy decals all over it, and I was right. just like right there, and there was just crowds of people, and then you'd see people with the boxes, and I was like, wow, okay, kids are into weapons. <laughs> Yeah, because I know, at, you know, um, Disneyland and all that shit, where they have the Star Wars section. What's that section called? They have, um, anyway, it's called something, and they've got, like, the Millennium Falcon and that. You can get a lightsaber, and you customize it. And that, oh, looks yeah. really, that looks really cool, appealing. And I know at the Pop Vinyl shop, Boss at the stores, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, like the Pop Vinyl stores, you can actually create your own pop and, like, put bits together and make it look cool. I reckon that'll be Impossible. Like, <laughs> that'll be fun to do with the kids anyway. Yes. But yeah. But no, I thought really they missed a trick though, because I would have thought that the biggest 
money maker that someone missed out on. You just needed that one stall sitting there with a Corona mask with just a Superman logo on it. And you charged 20 bucks. I was kicking myself. I was like, fuck, I could have made a mint. All right, we come to our mid-school memory. And the year in question is 2002. And what I have picked, the game I picked for my mid-school memory, is Kingdom Hearts. Nice, man. I saw that on the list there. Um, yeah. That's something I played the start of. So cool. I'm interested to hear this. Yes. I mean, I went off, obviously, topic. This is, I think, the first time I've picked anything uh, over the year 1999. But we've got Kingdom Hearts, developed by Square, which is the company known for Final Fantasy. And the story goes that after a discussion by some of the bigwigs at Square, that if they were to ever create their own 3D game like Super Mario 64, they thought that only characters as popular as Disney's would be able to compete with the plumber. And after a chance meeting with a Disney executive in an elevator, where they happened to share the same building, they were able to pitch said game, and development on Kingdom Hearts began. Uh, it was led by Tetsuya Nomura, who managed to persuade Disney's own higher-ups to focus on his own concept, which was to have his own original character, Do Not Steal, mix it up with more well-known Disney characters. What we got once the game was released was a bizarre, action-orientated hack-and-slash that had RPG elements mixed with a 3D platformer. And I'm saying platformer in quotation marks because it was pretty janky, really. And we had our main character, Sora, on a quest to save his friends, who along the way teams up with a number of Disney heroes, namely Goofy, in this a knight, and Donald Duck, the court mage, along with an assortment of characters from the Final Fantasy series all the while traversing known Disney haunts like Agrabah and Halloween Town. The concept alone is bonkers, and the fact that they pull it off is amazing. Again, sort of back to like the platforming and the combat, it was, you know, this was me in the depth of my love of RPGs, loving Final Fantasy. You know, I think Final Fantasy X was out around this time too, so, you know, they were, Square was at this sort of peak, well, debatable, Again, what is the best Final Fantasy? I'm still waiting to pull the trigger on which one that is. So right there, I'm telling you, it's not 10 either. But, you know, excitement for the company was huge. And here was basically a game where you were playing a Final Fantasy character with all these Disney characters. It was it was nuts. And yeah, also then switching off. How did they, like, how did they do that? How did they get the rights for like Donald Duck and stuff? They just randomly met the guy in an elevator and pitched the idea in Japan. The Disney, wow. Disney branch there, they shared an, like a building. So Square's office was in this building and on another floor was Disney's. So they'd just been talking about it. And one of the guys sort of overheard that they were talking about it and randomly just went, huh. And the next time he was in the elevator, noticed this guy from Disney and went, hey, I've got an idea. What do you think? And wow. yeah, that's how it sort of got the ball rolling. And as uh, he had to, they, they did have to fight because I think basically... Disney themselves were like, cool, well, we'll get an RPG slash platformer made by Square, who are so hot at the moment, but we'll make, you know, it'll obviously be a Mickey Mouse game or a, you know, a Donald the Duck game. Donald the Duck? No, he's just Donald Duck, isn't it? Yeah, anyway. Donald Duck, but yeah. But yeah, so they pitched and pitched and were like, no, 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 we've got this other idea. And that's why, it, I mean, it gets fucking bonkers as it keeps going, because they've just, what was it, last year released Kingdom Hearts 3? I haven't played that one yet, but um, I played I played two, I played some of the side ones, and yeah, the story goes, it goes absolutely bananas with the sequels. It's jumping all over time and space with its story. There's like twists and turns, there's mysterious organizations, there's even one game which was a spin-off where, you know, it was already sort of off the beaten path with them doing a, a hack and slash game that you actually had like a deck of cards to use as your battling system and you could only move if you rolled certain cards and it was they got wacky they were so like square itself was sort of so high that they were able to do all these like weird rare you know unknown things and they just seemed to keep doing hit after hit after hit even though they were still sort of reeling from the fact that they did final fantasy spirits within which was their attempt at that movie, which visually impressive for the time, but yeah, sucked, sucked a whole lot. But yeah, yeah. like the combat was crazy. Again, it was sort of, you know, like running around. Mainly you were just, you know, X and circle for, you know, hit and attack and jump. But yeah, it had the RPG elements where you sort of had a menu where you could drop down and you could do spells. You had a party of three. You were mainly controlling the main character, Sora. Uh, and you had your sort of other two 
two members, usually Donald and Gooby, but you know, if you went to Agrabah, you were teaming with Aladdin. If you went to Halloween Town, you were teaming with Jack Skellington. Uh, awesome. And they would sort of control themselves. You could limit, you could sort of, you know, try to get them to do what you wanted. But I remember it being infuriating because I basically hated using Donald because he had all the magic. But you'd get into a fight. He would use these like two spells, use up all his magic and then be completely useless. So it was kind of like, ugh, just do what I want you to do when I need you to do it. It was not that intuitive. It was something that I think they would then perfect in like later Final Fantasy games, actually. Um, okay. They've got this thing called the Gambit system where, yeah, you can just go through, micromanage your um your menus and, you know, they're smart enough to know if you come across a flying enemy, they're weak to thunder. So use thunder. Unfortunately, Kingdom Hearts isn't this clever, but it still was, you know, impressive. Just you're hacking away with the abilities that you've learned. And then, you know, in the background, you see Goofy with his shield charging into people and Donald's casting bloody fire magic. And you're like, this is just, it's just wacky. Like, sort of took me. I recall, I recall. I mean, you can just look at the cover of the game and it's super appealing. You're like, what is this? This is mm. insane. Um, and also it has like, you know, some of the games, I'm not sure which one, but that has like a, a silver sheen to it, doesn't it? Or something? Yes, I think that might be number two, but it could also be even some of the later ones, which are still the second game, because unfortunately Square fell victim to what all sort of modern AAA companies do now is rather than making a new awesome game, they just take their old IPs. So... Kingdom Hearts gets confusing because you can get Kingdom Hearts 1, Kingdom Hearts 1.5, Kingdom Hearts 2, Kingdom Hearts 2.8 Final Remix. It starts getting bonkers. And they are good at least because I think they are, I at least know they're on the PlayStation 4. I think they were going to release them on the Xbox, so they might be there for you. But they did package them with a lot of their like side games. So, you know, that weird one with the card battling system that, you know, was randomly on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, which was, they did that a lot, an odd jump where, you know, it was known for being on the PS2, but its sequel, Kingdom Hearts 2, took four or five years. So in the meantime, they released games on the Advance, games on the DS. And for some people that, you know, had played on the PlayStation, didn't have those consoles, so they missed out a whole bunch of story. So yeah, you can now get these versions that have all the side games, all the stories. There's a lot of hours there if you wanted to actually get through it all, which I would like to do, but as daunting as fuck. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I've got an understanding that there's a massively, I don't know if it's massive, but there's a real hardcore fan base for the games. Yes. Um, and they sort of have a massive, like, well, yeah, community. And I'm, a, I'm aware of it. Um, well, like I say, let me I only, say this. I've been yeah. to an Armageddon in the past where people were cosplaying as characters from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Yep, there's proof in itself. But yeah, so again... Back to the platforming, because, you know, that was their original intention with the fact that they were trying to do their version of Super Mario 64. It's a pretty terrible platformer. He jumps about, you know, once you get the double jump, then you can move around. But otherwise, it's 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 hair pulling, because I think there's a level where you're doing your, well, I don't know what world it would be called, but it's the Tarzan level. And you're trying to jump from tree to tree and one missed little jump and you're right back down to the forest floor, having to climb all the way back up and. Let me tell you, that that one pissed me off. Brutal. But yeah, as I said, I have not finished the series yet. I still have Kingdom Hearts 3 to play and some of the side quests. Uh, but I'll get there eventually. I absolutely love this game uh, when it came out. And it's like a, it's a high recommendation for me. Especially, you know, I think I've been sort of talking about how much I like RPGs. But this was sort of me branching out and I loved it. That is my mid-school memory from 2002. What do you got for us, Suz? Hell yeah. Yeah, man, that's a cool one. Yeah, so my game... So I had a bit of a dilemma with this because I was running through the year of which actually ended up being so the games I was thinking of around this period turned out to be sort of 2001 and mm-hmm. I was uh, and I was kind of like ah uh. <laughs> so I still had games to talk about in, in that time but then I was like oh wait a minute and then I anyway so anyway to cut a long story short I figured out that the Xbox releases that were releasing on that say they're releasing on the internet were actually coming out in Australia and New Zealand in 2002, as opposed to the end of 2001. So I was like, well, that qualifies me for my original Xbox with the two games that came with it. Yep. So um, my original Xbox came with two games and one of them was amped. Nice. Yeah. So this is like, a snowboarding game. I'm sure everybody knows what Amped is. It just happened to come with my console. But man, I loved 
this game and one of the main reasons i really loved it was the original xbox had the fact that you could download music to it onto the hard drive and you could then get rid of the music that was in the game and play it behind yourself as you could still hear all the sound effects and everything yep so i have a real fond memory of particularly listening to radiohead kid a that nice. was one that was on it and there was obviously like tool and perfect circle and stuff like that that was playing in the background but i particularly remember kid a because it had that real out of it relaxing electronic weird sound to it yep and you know the uh, just you know what it's like you know exactly what kid a is like yeah. um I, I even actually think it would have been your cd that i would have saved to it because i definitely didn't have it although i loved it i didn't usually i never used to like spend heaps of money on cds I've just got this, uh, like, that's a big reason why I love the game was actually like me play, being able to play my own music while I played this game. It was something that I tried to finish because I remember you could get to number one. So you're trying to be number one in, in the world or whatever at snowboarding and you unlock, there's unlockables and everything. And I recall event, I got to like number two. I never got to number one, <laughs> which, yeah, really grinds my gears. And I re recall why it was because I had everything done and you had to like 100% the game pretty much, I'm sure, to, to get to that point. You had to hit all of these snowmen. And I, rec I even recall the noise. Like with this, I haven't like researched it back up or watched a video. And I can recall the snowmen being like, ah, gah, 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 like that is like you're going past them and you're like, ah. <laughs> and you're trying to work out where they are. And they'll be in this like obviously random place and you have to get to this high bank or something and i so there was maybe like two or three of them those snowmen that i could never find i could like hear them making the noise oh man i spent hours and hours i was like trying to finish the game and i think by then i sort of obviously moved on to the 360 or whatever else i was playing on my pc and stuff and i just never it's something i actually really regret that i didn't and i remember i traded in my original xbox for my 360 because it was like a massive price reduction if i was to do that but obviously now this day and age i wish because i've kept the game i've kept oddly enough i sell i resell the consoles to get the next console but i keep the games that came with it <laughs> i mm. don't know why i don't know why i do that so it's pretty cool i've got those beat up games from flatting well i think even then like especially i mean the ps2 could play ps1 games and i'm pretty sure the 360 could play xbox like original games right so yeah but my my save file was on the original xbox oh so you wouldn't have the music no so i wouldn't have the the save oh yeah but you could, because i guess you could do it again you, i could do it again yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah oh i could do it again totally but i just my point was yeah i was always gutted that i didn't have that particular save so that's yeah i don't have too much to say other than that i mean it came yeah it came with my xbox along with halo i was considering talking about halo but i'm going to say that for another time and i thought yep. I, I just i just really wanted to to mention yeah just listening to kid a playing just yeah it was yep. it was awesome i, I remember you having that in the flat and i remember playing that as well and thinking actually like because you know i had the ps2 and you had the xbox but i was so jealous of the fact that you could do that with you know storing cds and playing them in the background i actually thought that was super rad too that's what i remember about that game it was the perfect game for it because you're grinding away and because now i do that with like podcasts or i have a second screen and i watch youtube or twitch while i'm gaming so i sort of like that aspect of having something else going while you're grinding so it was like the first time i could do that with only like one tv and um, it was super relaxing. I remember I always used to like 1080 snowboarding on Nintendo 64. And I always remember, <laughs> no offense to that game, but it always it felt better than that. Obviously, it was just the graphics and stuff were better and smoother. Mm. And yeah, that, I mean, that's about it. So that, that's my game. And it was, it was a cool year. Yeah. Nice. What year you got for us next? Um, I'm going to pick 1989. <laughs> 1989. Wow. <laughs> So this can obviously be some, you know, yeah. anything anything you've played from that era. We were alive then. We were alive, yeah. That's, that's when Batman came out, right? Well, that was our last coin, our last continue, and our last life. We've reached the kill screen. That's it for us in this episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, with the Insta being our main plug. It's a buy from me. And a buy from me. Catch you on the next episode of It Leads Pixels.
Step. Yeah. 